today on the Rita Mimi Do It Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rita Mimi Do It Show. Today's episode closes out our Most Important Thing series, which I hope you've really been enjoying. I know I have. I've gotten some really great comments. It has just been so much fun. So if you're just catching this episode, I'm going to catch you up just a little bit. So about three weeks ago in my free community, The All in Entrepreneur, and guys, if you keep hearing me say that and you're not a member, go to Facebook, find The All in Entrepreneur, join us. It's an incredible community. But in that community about three weeks ago, I did a free five-day live stream series. And in this series, I shared the five most important things that I do in my business and how you can put them into action in yours, because that's that's really the most important part, right? That you guys can do this in your own way, with your own strengths and skills to get the results that you want. So I shared the very first day of that as a podcast episode. Then the next week, I interviewed five of my private clients, and I interviewed them about these same five things and how I've coached them on these same five concepts and how they've taken these concepts, and implemented them to achieve things like multiple six-figure, seven-figure years, doing it while working only 25 hours a week, getting on stages and speaking, traveling, all of the opportunities that they want, the life that they want to live. And again, they shared with you how they do it, the actions that they've been taking in their own business, and broke it down in a way that you can apply it for your business no matter where you're at. So I shared one of those interviews as a podcast episode, and that was about two episodes ago with Deepa. And if you have not listened to that, it's incredible. She talks about how she broke into multiple seven figures by working only 25 hours a week so that she could have time with her two children, her husband, and and she built a whole accounting agency. And it's just an incredible story. But people who were even just starting their business said, ah, oh my gosh, there was so much goodness in there. I started using it right away. So then last week, I interviewed five alumni from my program, The Most Important Thing, and they talked about how they took these same five things, these same most important things, and put them into practice through the program and in their business and what they were able to achieve. So if you haven't heard about The Most Important Thing program, it's a six-week program, and it's designed to help you create a simple system to get more clients and make more money and do it while, you know, living the life that you really want to live. Well, the people that I interviewed all said it delivered on everything that it said it was going to do. And they shared how they got fully booked with a waiting list, how they were able to build bigger awareness than ever before, how they were able to increase their rates, draw in um, higher quality or what they say were more ideal clients, um, how they were able to do it working fewer hours than ever. And they gave the specific ways that they did it, softwares they used, actions they took, mindsets they had, decisions they made. So I shared one of those interviews last week as a podcast episode with Mildred, who is a LinkedIn visibility coach. And we talked all about LinkedIn and visibility, but we also talked about exactly what she did to get fully booked with a waiting list before the six-week program was over. So anyway, that's my most important thing series, where I really shared the five most important things I do in my business, but then shared how it's the exact same things that I tell both my private clients or my group coaching clients or my program clients 
And it doesn't matter where you are in your business or what the results are that you want to achieve, it's always going to come back to these five things. So I interviewed a variety of people at a variety of stages in their business, from my private clients to my course clients and to myself, so that you could hopefully pull out something that would help you. Well, this capped off that series. So I did an Ask Me Anything session. I do these in my group once a quarter, but I realized that I've never shared one here on my podcast. So this was a way that after listening to all of this for three weeks, people could ask me any question that they had about their business. They could ask me a question about any of these concepts. They could ask me other questions. And what you're going to hear, people brought their questions around sales, closing more sales, structuring sales calls, raising rates, getting fully booked, about scheduling, about being more productive productive, about uh, finding the quote-unquote right audience, about getting in front of the right people, about marketing strategy. I mean, we talked about everything in this episode. And so I wanted to share, it's not an episode, in the Ask Me Anything session. And I wanted to share that with you because there was just so much value in it. I've had people message me all weekend going, I am so glad I stopped to listen to this because I took away something. I put it into practice immediately. And I've already heard, I got a client. I closed a deal. (laughs) Like I've already booked two sales calls. So I think that this can be really powerful for you too. So this is just the unedited audio from that Ask Me Anything session. However, However, I was not going to use it as a podcast episode, so I did not use my fancy podcast microphone, meaning the audio is going to sound a little echoey, but again, I think that the trade-off of the information you're going to get is completely and totally worth it. Now, here's the thing. The program you're going to hear me talking about, the most important thing, technically started on Monday, October 5th. So when you're hearing this, I think it's Thursday, October 8th, or at least that's the day that this comes out. But if you're listening and it's before October 12th, you can go ahead and if you want, you can join us in the most important thing. Because this first week, is just a welcome week. It's getting familiar with the welcome packet, with how the Facebook group works, with how our course platform works, introducing uh, selves to each other. So you're not really missing any substantive material the week of the 5th. So if you're hearing this before October 12th and you're like, how did I miss all this? I wanna be in the most important thing. I wanna have these same results. I wanna make the money that I wanna make working the hours I wanna work with the clients that I wanna make an impact on. I wanna have fun doing it. I want it to be simple. I wanna be fully booked with a waiting list. I want all of this. Then join us and start doing the most important things in your business because it's by doing only those things and saying no to everything else that you'll really have the results that you want. So although I'm not posting about it anywhere, I'm not saying come join us anywhere publicly, If you're hearing this podcast and you want to join us, just send me a message. I'll let you know if you're still able to get in without it being, you know, too much of a detriment or you being too behind. And you can join the 21 other women who have made the commitment to move their business forward by doing only what's the most important. But I hope you enjoy this Ask Me Anything. If you have any other questions that you would like me to answer, I'm going to start doing those on future podcast episodes and segments. I'm also looking for people to coach live on my podcast. So feel free if you have a question or if you'd like to be coached live or whatever it is that you want me to answer for you, email it to me at feedback at readamamedoit.com and we will include it on an upcoming episode. And I hope to see you in the program. If you have any questions about it, feel free to email me as well and let me know. And I hope you really enjoy this Ask Me Anything session. 
Because of Rita, I got on the news. Because of Rita, I had 15 speaking engagements last year. Because of Rita, I've become a six-figure business owner. Because, because, of, Rita, because of Rita, I've doubled my revenue by doubling my clients. I'm Rita, business strategist, speaker, and success coach. Also known as the gal who went on 35 dates in 35 days and blogged all about it. And this is the Rita Mimi Do It Show, where every week I bring you the real information about what it takes to go all in on your dreams so that you can build a profitable business and live a positive life. Some weeks I'll have a guest and others it'll be just you and me, like we're out on my deck sharing a bottle of wine. The conversation, yeah, it'll be that real. I am live. I am excited for right now. So I'm coming to you live two times today, two times today. When you're here, let me know. It is Ask Me Anything Day. (laughs) Ask me anything. So today, and I have a bunch of questions already that have been submitted to me, but today, I am, so I have all these questions that have already been submitted. I have someone coming on live at 11.30 who's going to ask a question, and we're going to do a little bit of live coaching at 11.30. But today is the day that I just kind of answer any questions, right? I do these every quarter about where I just go live, and I just say, what are your questions in your business? If you want to come on live and ask. You're free to come on live and ask, but I do have someone coming at uh, 11.30 who's joining live. And I've got a list of questions that in my community, the all-in entrepreneur, I solicited um, questions to people. You know, I said, just what do you want to know? Basically, I was like, what do you want to know? How can I help you in your business? And a lot of people submitted questions. So I'm going to kind of jump in and start. But if you're catching this and you have a question, feel free to type it in the comments. So people are like, what makes a good question, right? Anything you want to know. So I will be more than happy to talk about my business, how I got started, uh, what's happening in my business now. Um, soup to nuts with my business. Everything is transparent with my business. So you're free to ask anything there. Um, You're also free to ask anything about your strategy, um, about challenges that you are encountering in your business, about goals that you're trying to reach. Um, So we can talk about those. Sales, uh, target market, um, speaking, um, pricing, packaging, uh, all kinds of things, right? You're free to ask any kind of question that you want. And so I am going to get started with some that were already asked to me. But again, you can type yours in at any time. And then we have a guest coming in at 1130 who will be joining us to go live for her uh, her live coaching and live, live question. And again, if you want to go live, you're free to go live too, right? You just have to tell me and I can give you a link so that you can join and you can go live and ask your question live. So this is your time, guys. Like this is basically free coaching. Now, I will caveat it by saying, right, this is not going to be the same equivalent to if I was your coach, right? Because I know the background about my clients. I know the full story, the full information, and obviously don't have time in an hour for all of that. But I will try to do my best. If I feel like I need to know more to answer, I will absolutely tell you that. 
as well, okay? So let's get started <laughs> with one of the first questions. So I kind of tried to group them. There were a lot of sales questions, and then there are a lot of like client acquisition and visibility questions. There were some questions around Facebook. Um, so I'm going to start with this question. Um, I didn't type it in, so hold on. Uh, I want you to see it. <laughs> I love the way it was worded. So here's the question. Okay, so question number one. I'm not getting traction with Facebook. What gives? Okay, so that doesn't have a lot of information to it. So I messaged the person who asked that question and I said, I need a little more. What do you mean? And they clarified that they meant Facebook groups. Okay, so Many entrepreneurs use Facebook groups as a way to build awareness of their business um, as a, and even as a way to nurture a relationship, okay? So when you're thinking about your customer and you're thinking about your customer journey, which is something we've talked about for the past couple of weeks, it's not that someone becomes aware of your business and then decides, okay, now I'm going to hire you. <laughs> like, that's not the way it works, right? They become aware of your business. And then they go through what's called the consideration phase. And in the consideration phase, they're answering questions. Do I like you? Do I feel like I know you and what you're about? Do I trust you? Do I trust that you're going to deliver on your promises? Do I trust that it's going to be a good experience to work with you? Do I trust that you understand me and that you know my specific problems and that you understand the solution to my to my problems, okay? So that's what's happening in the consideration stage. And after they can check those boxes, then they feel comfortable to give you money. Then they feel comfortable to hire you, right? So Facebook can be used in two ways. Um, and remember, we're talking about Facebook groups right now. We're not talking about Facebook business pages. So Facebook groups is a great way to network. It's a great way to build awareness. It's a great way to meet people and be talking about your business and uh, from everything from, you know, organic talking all the way to promotional talking. But it's a good way for people to become aware that your business exists right now. So we're going to start here with the awareness and then we're going to move over to the consideration phase. OK, so if you're not getting traction in Facebook groups from the awareness phase, I would be digging into a few things. How frequently are you showing up? Well, I guess the first thing I would do is how many groups are you in? And a lot of times I say, how many groups are you in? And I mean, in like being actually active in. Right. And people will say, oh, <laughs> And they name like this huge number of groups that they're trying to be active in, meaning they're only ever really like in any one group a little bit, right? Maybe they post once a day or not even that. Like in a lot of groups, people are saying, well, I post in this group once a week and I post in this group once a week, right? So when you're in a lot of groups, and the same is true for in-person networking, guys, when you're in a lot of groups and you're... Um, just showing up a little bit in each group, you're not going to get those deep results that we've been talking about for the past few weeks, right? You're only going to get like really shallow kind of results back, right? So instead, pick one or two Facebook groups and really go all in on participating in those Facebook groups, right? Meaning, so a good way to pick a Facebook group, there's so much about Facebook groups, guys. A good way to pick a Facebook group is, are the members of that group your target audience, right? Like. If your potential clients are, I don't know, single moms and they don't own a business, let's say it's just stay-at-home moms without a business, but you're participating in a lot of entrepreneur groups, well, 
that can be good for like your confidence and that can be good for business information and that can be good for a lot of things, but it's not good at building awareness in your target market, right? So you want to find a group or two that is catering or that has, right, the community that would be your clients, that would be your customers. Then, or if you can't find that, find a group with other professions that would serve the same target market, right? So when I was a dating coach, I wanted to be in groups that had therapists and personal trainers and stylists and other professions that would serve 40 plus divorced women. So that's the number one thing. Are like, what groups are you in? How many are you in? Usually it's calling it down. It's like, let's go from this many groups to this many groups, okay? And then let's show up a lot in those groups that we found. Make sure that those groups are the right groups in terms of they contain your target audience, right? But then after that, it's like, okay, so now we're going deep to make sure that in these groups that have your target audience, right? But now we want to show up consistently and we want to show up being really visible, meaning, right? And I, I'm sure you guys have heard all about the Facebook algorithm, and I'm going to say a little something about that here in a minute too, because it's recently changed, right? Meaning you're probably not showing up nearly enough to get the visibility that you think you are, right? Like it takes five times for people to see something once. That was like a statistic a few months ago. So it takes five, I'm sure it's changed. It takes five times for people to see something online one time, but it takes people about 12 times of seeing something before they remember it or before it registers or before they want to engage with it, right? So if it takes five times for people to see something once, but it takes 12 times for people to then want to do anything with it, right? How frequently are you posting about you and your business and like showing up? And I don't just mean in a promotional way, I mean in all the ways. And we don't have time to go into all of that today, right? So that's the next piece about being noticed in a Facebook group. But then the third piece is this, are you commenting on other people's stuff? So Daphne talked about this yesterday when I interviewed Daphne. She said one of the things she did to really build visibility wasn't posting her own educational marketing posts. It wasn't posting her own promo posts, right? It was commenting on other people's posts and commenting in a substantial way. So if somebody does a post and they're like, hey, um, Here's one way that you can get your mindset to get you through anything, right? And then they ask at the end, like, what's your favorite mindset trick? And you just comment, love this. Oh my gosh, so good. Thumbs up, heart, emoji, emoji, emoji. You're not engaging in a substantive way on that post and you're not going to be noticed. Instead, if they ask at the end of their post, what's your favorite mindset trick? Like, say it. Here's my favorite mindset tip. Here's a, a mindset hack that I use. Actually engage right in what they're talking about. So cheering them on, commenting, and it doesn't have to be about what you do, right? In fact, the more you just comment and show people, I'm seeing you, I'm hearing what you talk about, I'm cheering you on, I'm giving you referrals, I'm giving you the information I've got, even if it's not about me, the more noticed you will be. But this becomes really important because I'm not sure if you guys have seen the new Facebook insight. So how many of you are a group owner? Do, do you guys have a group? Say yes or no in the comments. So I get an idea. If you're watching on replay, don't say yes or no. Say I have a group or I don't have a group. So I know what you're talking about when I go back to read the comments, right? But Facebook groups have been rolling out these new insights for group owners. Okay, now I just got mine a week ago, but I was talking to my own coach who has had hers now for a month, a little over a month. 
Okay. And here is something that, um, that she has noticed by digging in. And in the week and a half that I've had my team digging into the new insights from Facebook groups, this is something that I've noticed as well. So Lana says, no, she doesn't have a group. Well, this is really good to know, even if you don't have a group, especially if you don't have these insights, this is going to be really good to know. So what am I able to see? As a Facebook group owner now, I'm able to see data on my posts and everybody else's posts, everybody's, okay? Meaning I can see how many people have seen a post how many people were active at the time that the post went up, how many people engaged in the post, how many people clicked the post. How many, I can see that for my post, but I can see that for every single person that posts in my Facebook group, okay? So I can compare like what posts are getting a lot of attention, what posts are getting a lot of clicks, what, what posts have a lot of eyes on them, right? Here is the really interesting kind of new development but it's not so surprising because of what Facebook has been kind of talking about with groups and talking about with communities. It used to be that if you were active in a Facebook group, okay, it used to be that if you posted a lot in a Facebook group, because you were there and you were present doing what I said, right, showing up in a substantive way, but showing up like posting, 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 that your posts would be kind of prioritized, that other members of the group would see your posts or they would be more likely to see your posts, okay? That's not exactly true anymore, okay? The truth now, so it used to be, if you were in a group and you posted a lot to a group, you would get eyes on your posts. You would be favored, your posts would be favored, and other group members would see your posts. But here's what's happening now. It's not just about how frequently you post in a group. Now it's about how much you engage on other people's posts in a group. So since I can see now the analytics and all the metrics for every single post, whether I posted it or someone in my group posted it, okay, I can see that. And other coaches or other group owners have seen this and we've all been talking about this. What is happening now is if you are posting in a Facebook group, but you are not substantively engaging frequently on other people's posts in that Facebook group, your Facebook posts are getting barely any views. They're not coming across people's screens. People are barely seeing them, right? But people who not only post frequently in a Facebook group, but interact in a very substantive way on other posts in that Facebook group are getting a lot of visibility. So their posts are being favored. Their posts are being shown because what Facebook really wants in a Facebook group and in a community is interaction, is like authentic relationships, right? Not just sales and promo. So this is something to notice now about Facebook groups. And if you're not getting the visibility you want, if you're not getting the traction you want, you really have to ask yourself these questions. Like, am I in only a few groups instead of a lot of groups? Are the groups I'm in groups that have my target market or other professions that serve my target market? And how am I showing up in those groups? Am I posting frequently? Cool. But also, am I really substantively engaging on other people's posts? Because with the new way that Facebook is prioritizing posts and Facebook groups, right? It's not just about you posting a lot and being like a source of information, even if it's valuable information in a Facebook group. Now it's doing that and commenting in a substantive way on other people's Facebook posts, right? Which means just little things like, 
little things like cheering people on, little things like saying way to go. Like if somebody's like, I got a new client, say way to go. How are you going to celebrate? If um, somebody asks a question, like, do you know a printer? Like give them a referral to a printer, right? If they're, if they're doing their educational based marketing posts, like I said, saying, Hey, so what is one time where you blah, 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 or what is a challenge that you're encountering? Answer that in a substantive way. So Annie says a lot of engagement turns you into a top fan in certain groups or uncertain pages. Yep, absolutely, right? But even more than that, guys, know now, your posts in Facebook groups are not going to be seen just because you participate by posting in that Facebook group a lot. You must also participate by engaging on other people's posts substantively, meaning it's going to be so much better. And this is true in anything you do to build relationships, to be in fewer places more frequently, participating across the board, like um, in the All in Entrepreneur in my Facebook group. A really great way to build traction is post your own posts. Yes. Comment on other people's posts. Yes. Participate on the daily theme post. Yes. Um, if I run a challenge, participate in that. If I'm doing a Facebook Live, comment like Annie and like Lana, right? Like comment on the Facebook post because that's how your name pops up. That's how the little picture of your face pops up and people start wanting to connect with you deeper, right? So all of that could be reasons why you're not getting that awareness and gaining that traction in a Facebook group, okay? But now I'm gonna shift really quickly over to the relationship nurturing piece, which just plays off of what I just told you. So, okay, nurturing relationships, it's a little different. So I own a Facebook group. I have a Facebook group, the All In Entrepreneur Facebook group, right? You can just search the All In Entrepreneur, request to join it, right? For that to work, for me, for, for me to show up in a way in that space that will work for its intended purpose of nurturing relationships means I have to be doing all of the things that I talked about in the consideration phase, right? So what's happening in the consideration phase? Potential clients and potential customers are trying to decide, do I know you? Do I like you? Do I trust you? Do I trust that you're going to deliver on your promises? Do I trust it's going to be an easy and fun experience to work with you? Do I trust that you know me and you know my problems and you know what I'm trying to achieve and you know my world and you know my day? So what I have to be doing in that Facebook group is putting all of that kind of information in there, right? I've got to be putting value. I've got to be putting testimonials and case studies. I need to be doing free trainings. I need to be doing community engagement. I need to be showcasing my personal self and my, you know, videos and stuff, like my sense of humor, because I think I have one. And <laughs> my husband doesn't. I think I do. I, mean, I love you, Jack. But um, you know what I'm saying? Like, I have to be doing all of that. So a lot of people have Facebook groups, but they're only promoting their stuff, right? They're only like promoting their programs or promoting their products. And sales is a part of what you do in a Facebook group if you're a business owner, but it's not even close to what the main thing is that you're doing in, in a group. So does that make sense? Hopefully that helps you understand how you might gain more traction in a Facebook group and what's happening in Facebook groups, right? So again, the big takeaway from this is for your post to actually be seen, for it to be shown to other group members, you must not only post a lot in that Facebook group, you must comment on other people's posts in a substantive way a lot. The combination of that triggers something in the Facebook algorithm now that allows your posts to be seen by other members. And if you're not doing that, you're not getting many eyes. And when I say not many eyes, right, 
like I have 4,000 members in my group. And I think at any one time, about 2,000 are active. The people who are posting in my group a lot, but not commenting on other people's posts, their post is only being seen by five or 10 people, right? But out of 4,000 with 2,000 active, right? But people who are commenting, so who are posting a lot on their own and commenting a lot on their own, their posts are being seen by like 400, 500, 600 people at any one time, right? So that's really important to know, okay? So hopefully that helped you. And then, right, so what we're doing, hi, everybody, we're doing an Ask Me Anything. So feel free in the comments to ask any question about your business, about the behind the scenes of my business, about anything, right? But that takes me to this question that I got from um, Lorena. So Lorena says, how do you create a community? Okay, so we're on the community train. We'll talk about it a little bit, right? So when you're creating, so that's how you gain awareness in a Facebook group. Those are some tips and things that hopefully help you. And then if you're using a Facebook group and a community as part of your relationship nurturing stage of your business model, hopefully that helps a little bit too, right? But here's a bigger piece of that, right? If you're going to be, a community is not always the best way for someone to nurture relationships for the consideration stage, okay? There are many ways that you can nurture relationships for your business. And in the most important thing program, I help you pick the track, the right way for you to be nurturing, right? Sometimes it's a blog, sometimes it's a podcast, sometimes it's a Facebook group, sometimes it's a newsletter, sometimes, right? You're doing the same thing in each of those places. You're giving that information that lets someone know you, like you, trust you, trust you're going to deliver, trust that they can, that you understand them, right? You're doing the same thing. You're, you're putting that information in all those places, right? But the one that you pick is very dependent on you. But here's the difference between an audience and a community, okay? An audience, think about that like kind of almost like this, right? Like I'm on a stage, you're all sitting out in the audience, you're watching me, I'm talking, and maybe you can interact. I say, yell out a word or yell out a phrase. And you can kind of talk to each other, right? Like you can kind of whisper to each other or whatever, but it's not really easy. The lights are dim, there's a show on the stage, right? But a community is like the lights are on and I lean down and I pull you all up on the stage with me and we all have our moment, okay? So Lorena, your question about how do you create a community? When you create a community, you need to be thinking, what is the common cause or the common situation in life that brings the members together? It can't just be people. It can't even just be women, right? It's like, what is the common situation slash common cause that they're all coming together and having common, right? So it's like, it can be stay-at-home moms, cool, but stay-at-home moms who what? Who want to start a business? Stay-at-home moms who want to what, right? What is like the commonality that's going to bring the members together? And oftentimes that's bigger than you and bigger than what your business does, right? So three, the, the three kind of pieces of a community is there has to be a common cause or a common situation, then there needs to be content in the community, but the content is engaging the community members, helping them get to know each other, helping them learn from each other, helping them learn about each other, helping them really get to know each other. Yes, they're getting to know you and they're getting to see you as the leader of this community, but it's bigger than that, right? It's about that common cause, that common agenda, and they're in the spotlight. So the content is focused on them. What is helping them and not just you helping them? What allows them to help each other? What helps them connect with each other? 
what helps them get to know each other? So yes, community engagement, but also like the collaboration and everything within that community. You need to, as a community leader, really be coming up with a content plan that allows you to do that, okay? And then the third piece is it's participatory. And a lot of the mistakes that I see with Facebook groups is they've made their Facebook group where it's an audience and it's not participatory. It's like, you can only talk about this on my thread in the comments, or you can only do this on this day at this time, or you can only, or whatever. Like I'm closing out all comments. I'm not letting you post without approving all of your posts. I'm, they, they do the kibosh on easy participation for the community. And that really hurts your community. That turns it more into an audience and less into a community. So that's like the, the quick way of thinking about growing a community, Lana. There's so much more, I mean, Lana, um, Lorena, and there's so much more to it. If community is something that anyone is interested in thinking about, how can you utilize communities better to do exactly what we just talked about? Like building awareness of your business and networking and building relationships or is community right for you? And if so, how can you use it to actually nurture relationships in your business in a way that creates, you know, a bigger movement, but also potential clients and customers, then you're absolutely going to want to be in the most important thing program. So the most important thing program, like I said, at week five, the most important thing makes you pick a track. One track is community. So for weeks five and six, you're actually going to do, you're going to create a community. Do I want it online? Do I want it offline? What platform do I want to be using? Who are the mem who are the members of this community? What's the purpose of the community? What's the description of the community? How am I going to find people? How do I invite people? What is my content plan for the group? What kinds of content? What am I posting it? Like, how do I show up in it? What are my goals and my metrics? Like, you're actually going to be setting and doing those in the program, right? So that is one of the tracks. So if that's something that interests you, definitely check that out message me, let me know. Okay. But that hopefully Lorena, that helps you. Okay. Um, all right. I know that Valerie is going to be joining soon. So, all right. Um, I got another question. It's an anonymous question. <laughs> it's an anonymous question. So let me create a banner for it. Just got a Facebook message. What is a no cost thing you can recommend to any client as a productivity tool? Who has been watching my live streams and who could who could answer this for me? So for the past two and a half weeks, I have been going live every day. And one of the main things I talk about is that time, not money, is your most important asset. Time, not money, is your most important asset as a business owner, right? So everybody knows I'm all about time. I don't really view it from productivity as much as like filling your day with the right events, but I get it. I get the need for efficiency and productivity. And that's why, right? That's why my program, the most important thing is about focusing on not everything, only five things, the most important things, and then the most efficient way to do those five things so that you can get more with doing less, right? So the no cost thing that I can recommend to any client Number one is toggle track. So T-O-G-G-L. Uh, in fact, let me write it out so I can show it to you. I think it's this T-O-G-G-L. Somebody can tell me if I did that right or not, but like toggle track. Okay. Toggle track is a free time tracking software. The best thing you can do for productivity is to know and understand where your time is and where your time is going. This is one of the easiest ways to track your time and to to really divide things up in different categories, okay? But it's also um, 
It's also like a great way to run reports and really get an idea of where your time is. That's the data that helps you make the most decisions, right? That's it. That's a free resource right there that can help you, okay? Also, Google Calendar is amazing and using time blocking. So really knowing, you know, if we had to reverse engineer this, and this is what I do in the Most Important Thing program. This is week one. You heard Kristen talk about this. You heard Deepa talk about this, right? That this is like what changed their life. This allowed Deepa to go and bust through and hit, you know, multiple seven figures in her business. This is what allowed Kristen to hit uh, new goals with new clients and, you know, six figures, multiple, multiple six figures in her business with less time, right? Was owning time is your most important asset and tracking it and knowing where it is. But here were like the steps, right? They decided this is how many hours a week I'm going to spend on X. This is how many hours I'm going to allocate to my business. I only want to work 25 hours a week. That's what Deepa said. I only want to work 25 hours a week. So she only gave herself 25 hours a week to work. She time blocked it. She was like, but she started with her life. This is what I want to be doing in the morning with my kids and my family. This is when I don't want to be working anymore. Um, This is when I don't want to work on the weekends. I'm going to take my lunch break, you know, all of that. And she looked and said, okay, now out of these hours, I'm only working 25. So then she blocked the rest off. And then she looked at 25 hours and said, here are my goals. What can I do in these 25 hours to reach these goals, right? So number one, the best resource is your own mind. Like decide how you want to spend your time. Not like moving 10 minutes here or there, but the events that you want to have filling your days, right? But start with your life first and then make your business support your life. But then track your time. Like again, use toggle track, right? Toggle track is the best way to track your time to really know where is my time going in every single time. And I mean, every single time people are saying, I had no idea. My brain has tricked me, right? You heard Deepa say, I really thought I was working 13 hours on something and it was only six. Like my brain really made me believe I had worked 13 hours on something. My brain really made me believe that it needed 60 hours to get done, but it only needed 25, right? My brain made me believe this and that. And so when you look at the actual data, right? Like I thought I was only taking 20 minutes, but I was really taking two hours or I thought I was taking two hours, but I was really only taking 20 minutes or whatever. That's going to be the best. So that's what I recommend more than anything else. So hopefully that helps. And that's something that you will do in the most important thing program. So for people who have signed up, for people who are thinking about signing up right for the most important thing in week one, that's what we do. We we do the most important thing with your time. So we really say, where should you be spending your time? Business owners are doing so many different things in their business. But what's really sabotaging their business is that when I dig into it, the majority of their day is spent on marketing activities when they are in a business building phase. So they are in a revenue generating stage of their business, but what's filling their entire day are non-revenue generating activities. So we really get clear on what are revenue generating activities and what aren't. And if you're in a revenue generating phase of business, like most of the participants in the program, we cut everything else out. And then using that decision of how many hours do I want to work, we plan for your life first. Then we look at what we have left for your business. And then we look at the revenue generating activities and we time block for them, right? So that's something that we're going to be doing in in the program, right? Then, right, then after that, you're able to like go deeper and get more effective. Does that does that help? So that's something that we're absolutely going to do in in the program. So again, if you have any questions, guys, feel free. I happen to catch that one, um, but 
but yeah, I, I, I'm not always going to catch them over in my messages. So you might want to put them here um, in the comments. Okay. All right. So let's now go a little bit into sales. Okay. So this question came from Lisa, who says, what's the best way to get better at sales? That's like a really generic question. <laughs> what's the best way to get better at sales? And um, I see that our, our live guest has joined us. So I'm going to answer this question. Then we're going to take a little deviation over to my guest. And then we'll come back. And I promise we will finish out all of the questions about sales. But this generic question, how to get better at sales, you just sell more, right? Like I'm going to give a generic answer back. Don't worry, I'll give a more specific answer. But it's like, how do I get better at sales? You just do it more. How do you get better at anything? You do it more. So people are like, oh, I'm not really good at sales. And I'll be like, mm, okay, well, like, how many times have you sold this past week? In fact, in my mastermind group every week, I have them go count how many times they sold in a post, on a sales call, in a whatever. And they're always like, wow, barely any. And it's like, well, you want to get better at it. You got to do it more, right? Just keep going and go. So we can create a plan to allow you to like flex that muscle, right? So that's like the generic answer to the generic question, right? But with my clients, one thing I do is really get clear about where in the sales process do they need the most help. The sales process is a huge process. Everything from how you're attracting people to, again, how you're nurturing the relationships, because it's that idea that people become aware that you exist, but they won't purchase from you after they become aware of you. They have to go through the consideration phase. They have to know you, like you, trust you, but trust that you understand them specifically. They don't want to know that you understand people. They are moms or women. They want to, you understand them. Mothers who stay at home and have a working spouse with school-aged children, right? You know what their day is like. You know what their problems are like. That's what they're looking for, that you can really see them and know them and that it's going to be that you can deliver solutions to their they want a specialist, not a generalist, right? That you can deliver pro the solutions to problems for them. Then they'll purchase from you. So that's part of the sales process, right? But then also it's where in the sales process are you feeling uncomfortable? Where does the data show that you're having you know, a difficult time? Is it that no one is coming into your sales flow, your sales funnel? Is it no one's booking a sales call? Is it that everyone's booking a sales call? You just can't convert a sales call, right? Like, is it that people you're booking sales calls and you're converting, but no one is continuing with you? Like, there are different points of the sales process. So we would have to dig into each of those, right? But the generic answer is just sell more. If you want to get better at sales calls, have more sales calls. If you want to get better at booking more sales calls, ask more people to book a sales call with you, right? It's you get better by the doing, but you also get support, right? And that's where people like me come in or the program, the most important thing comes in because you have that access to part of the most important thing is that you have live Q and A's with me every Friday. So every Friday you can hop on, you can do this. You can ask questions about your business. I answer them. You can ask questions about anything in your business. It doesn't have to be about the program materials. You can ask anything. And if you're not able to be there live, you're able to pre-submit the questions so that I answer them all, right? So it's getting that support to help you shortcut or smart cut, whatever you want to call it, and get out of your own way and be efficient, right? But then it's in the doing, guys. It's always going to, Rita is always going to say, how do you get better at something? You do it. And then you do it and you do it and you do it and you do it, and you do it over and over and over. And that's how you're going to get good at something. But if you are doing the wrong thing over and over and over, it's like doing an exercise, right? If you're doing it in the wrong 
you can tell how much I exercise. If you're doing it, in the, I've started, I've started more. I'm in this big challenge. I'll tell you all about it. But like, um, if you're doing the wrong form, right, for something, you can really do damage and injure yourself, right? Sometimes you're just not going to see results, right? So that's where somebody like me comes in to help make sure you've got the right form. Then it's about going to do it. <laughs> So we'll get back to um, to sales because we had that question about how do you get better at sales, but some of the other questions are around objections and how do you structure a sales call? How do you actually transition and comfortably ask for a sale on a sales call? How do you get clients, right? How do you monetize a Facebook group came on, came up as a question? Um, so all of these questions are going to be answered, but I'm going to introduce you to Valerie. So I'm going to bring Valerie on. Hi, Valerie. Hello. How are you? Um, better. I've been better. I'm sorry that I was a little bit late. I we were at the park with my kids, and I literally lost my key in a huge field. Oh no! I didn't even right? think I was make it. <laughs> oh my gosh! I would have totally understood if you didn't. But at first, I thought you were saying I totally lost my kid, and I was like, "Well, you should probably go back out and find them." <laughs> my key? No, my key to the car. Oh no! Did you not? Did you like? Did you find it? Did you get home? I did. Okay. Yeah. I literally like. You should have seen how huge a spot was. Like I, the reason I found it was because I remember. Well, not really the reason, but I had my son had this like deformed pine cone that he wanted to keep and I threw it down <laughs> when he got something stuck in his shoe and then when I was retracing the steps yeah. that helped me get like in the exact line and path that I had walked ah, so good and so I found it I literally don't know how because it could have literally been anywhere. It could have been anywhere. I've had I had that happen once in a field at night with my phone, my cell phone, but my cell phone was dead. So we couldn't even send oh, a God. signal or make it light up. And I remember everybody getting down on their hands and knees who were camping. And everybody got down on their hands and knees and started crawling so they could like feel the phone. It's terrible. It was scary. I'm glad you're here though. So thank you so much. So guys, Valerie, I'm gonna let her introduce herself to you because that's part of like this part. So Valerie just randomly like volunteered the other day i was doing a whole what questions do you want answered and who would be willing to go on live with me and ask it and let us talk about it live and valerie's like sure i'll do that so um i have a general idea of her question and we chatted about it a little bit in message so i do have some back information but valerie why don't you start by telling everybody about you about who you are what your business is all about sure um so i'm valerie i'm I don't actually don't know where you live, but I'm in Northern Virginia. I'm in Northern Virginia too. <laughs> I have a feeling that you might be. Um, and I have three young boys. And what I do is I help moms learn how to use their cameras, like the fancy cameras, like, you know, these these big hunking things here. Yeah. <laughs> how to use them so that they can take pictures of their kids. Yeah. So that's my business. Okay, cool. And so then your question the other day was also kind of a big, broad question, which was like, how do you pick the right strategy? How do you pick the right strategy for your business? Right? And I said, okay, you're the one I want to talk to a little more because I need more information to say, well, what kind of strategy and what part of your business and like, what are we coming up with? And like, So if you had to like word right now, you're, and I say challenge. And when I say challenge, guys, I don't mean it's like this whole like, I hate my business and I'm like, blah, blah, blah. But just like, what's your biggest challenge or hurdle or obstacle or thing that you're trying to work through in your business right now? What made you ask that question about strategy? Well, so um, just backstory of what I was doing or am doing is I, I'm, my strategy that I was using is I was doing a free live challenge. And then from there, 
I was offering a course that I had and, and I was doing it live, my course live too. And so just my overall general goal initially was to start doing it live so that I can start tweaking it and get it how I want it and then kind of transition to something that's more evergreen that people can sign up for any time. However, one thing that's just when I was like, you know, just thinking about my brand and my business and what I wanted from that, like the thing that's huge for me is connection. Yeah. And I loved how being able to do this live, like got me being connected with other women and moms and just getting to see their pictures and talk about their pictures and, um, you know, just strategize with them and just being able to do it live. There's something different, you know, just like you and I having this conversation that like you can ask more questions and get a better sense of where they're actually struggling and be able to help them. And I've asked every participant, you know, or, or not, not participant, but student of mine, if like they thought this could work as like a, you know, self-paced course. And everyone's like, yeah, but don't do that. Like, I love this. Like, everybody loves it. I love it. And so like, but now I'm like kind of where, I don't know. Like, so there's, I guess there's two parts. Like, I feel like one, I need to have something automated in my business to make it like you talk about time a lot for me to have more time because I feel like right now all my time and energy, like I spend a lot of it on this and I need something in my business that I'm not like, it's not this much time and energy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I gotcha. So like what, what I'm taking away, well, and there are, di- there are a lot, again, a lot of different answers, right. That would probably be talked about over the course of a couple of weeks with us as I like really dug into like what you love about your day, your life, your skill, like all of that, right? But so a live challenge, you're actually administering the challenge live. It goes into this live interactive class. What's the structure of the class? Give me the structure of the class. Like, is it six weeks? Is it 12 weeks? Is it your meeting every day? Give me a little bit about that time commitment from you in the class. It's six weeks. Um, We meet live once a week. And then I'm just, uh, I host it, well, sort of in a Facebook group so that everybody's sharing like their photos. So again, I feel like my time commitment's a lot more because I'm in the group throughout the week, like commenting on pictures and giving feedback. Um, yeah. Where we're together live for six weeks, but I feel like me personally, I'm almost there every day. Yeah. Okay. I got that. And then, are you actually teaching the course during that time that you're live? Like you're actually teaching yeah. it and then, okay. All right. So a few things that come up there, if you really like the feel, right? I think part of it is just looking at things from a new perspective. And the one place I always start with people is, well, what if, if we were just going to assume that you were going to keep this class? Cause you're like, I like the six weeks. I like the interaction. I like what the class has, but it's just taking a lot of my time. And the idea would be, how can we get some of your time back and not change the course, which is like, how can we set some boundaries around your time in the course and communicate those? Because surprisingly, the members of your group, I 100% guarantee, will be totally fine with your boundaries, right? So one thing would be like, you don't have to be commenting every single day. And every time somebody shares a picture, you could say, hey, on Thursdays, I'm going to go in, I'm going to go in from nine to 10. And for whatever photos are there, I'm just going to go and I'm going to give a quick like, feedback. And here's the parameters of the kind of feedback I'm going to give, right? Like, so you can take control of your, your time like that. Like I run a very, the most important thing, the program that we're talking about, like that's a six week program and I'm live for a one hour Q and A every Friday. But I say, look, here's the thread. You ask all your questions. I'm not answering any questions throughout the week, right? Like you're waiting on Friday. I come in and I do that. So for you, I would say, let's like dig in there a little bit with like, well, where am I doing things that I'm doing, but 
that the participants don't a necessarily even really expect of me or that it it doesn't help them in a bigger way right whether they get a comment and feedback on their photo on a Tuesday doesn't help them any more than if they got a comment on a on a photo on a Thursday at nine o'clock a.m. Does that make sense? Like, do you feel like there's a little reactiveness going on there that you're like, well, somebody posted, so I need to comment now, or somebody asked this question, so I need to answer it now, as opposed to like setting your parameters around when that will happen? Uh, I feel like yes and no, because uh, I started out, I think, I'm trying to think how long, which time it was that I ran the course, but I was kind of doing it, you know, each time somebody posts, like whenever I saw something, posting and commenting. And then I ended up having just less time in general because of just life and what was going on. And towards the end of like this very last time that I ran the course, I was kind of waiting and doing it like almost once a week. But I was finding that that was even more overwhelming because there was just so much to go through. And you know what Facebook is like. So maybe I need a new platform to do it on. <laughs> it was just hard to keep track of like which ones I had commented yeah, on. Yeah, that entire. So Facebook does not make, I will say, Facebook groups do not make that super easy. Like it is a little difficult. So there is some truth to that too, right? There's also a little bit that I would dig into. You, and this is something bigger, right? Would be, uh, and this is an exercise we go through in the most important thing. So if anybody's listening, you can go ahead and be this now too, which is like, when you think about the person that you're really wanting to serve and like where they're starting and where they ultimately want to end up, right? Like, and not just from the course, I mean, in general with the skill or with their business or with their thing or with their family or with whatever, like their, their health, whatever, whoever's watching, right? Your client, customer, whatever is starting at point A and they want to get to point C. And there are a lot of different things that can get them from point A to point C. So it's like really identifying here's to get the full results, to really be the photographer, let's say that they want to be having those moments with their family, capturing it, framing them, hanging them up on their wall, like, right? Like doing all of these things that they really want. Here's everything that they need to learn and that they need to know, right? And then part of it is how can I kind of like take those and put them into stages, right? So that it's like, Here's the first thing. And once they know that, they can flow into this thing. And once they know that. So what I noticed with some people like this with a course is that they're giving a lot of personalized feedback in a, in a group environment, but really they can almost create that into a two-stage thing, where, which is like, yeah, in this course, right, here's what you're going to get. I'm going to pick one photo a week and I'm going to give like a lot of detailed feedback on it. And then you can learn about that for my detailed and like feedback on that photo, right? But if you want more personalized and really me commenting on you, you go to my next higher level package that has a lot of one-on-one support. That's really like a, a whatever, a coaching portal, a drive or something where you and I are interacting and you're sharing and they're paying a higher premium and a higher price point for your time, for your personal nature. You know that that is it. So that is it, right? So that's what I would do with you. like, let's really map out every, I mean, because it's not just about taking photos. They want those photos on the wall. They want to know how to make it look professional. They want maybe, and like you said, some people want to start taking photos and become a photographer a little bit, right? Like you've had that happen too, right? So it's like really understanding the person that you're trying to reach and everything that they would need. And then dividing that up and saying, Here's a good starting point, right? But that's their entry level offer to me. And then that, if they do that, they can flow in here. And that's like, the and, and then it's knowing where do I want the most people to land, right? Like what's the main place I want people to land and what leads people to it? You might not want a lot of one-on-one personalized feedback work because you want more time, right? And personalized one-on-one can take up a great amount of time. You might price that at a premium. 
a really high price point, right? That way you're still making the money you want, but you don't need so many clients at that price point, right? You can afford a lot of people to say, no, it's kind of like me with intensives. I like going away for a weekend intensive every now and then. I don't want to go away every weekend and get people intensives as much as I love my audience. So that's a very high premium price point to get me for a whole weekend to come dig in on your business. But I don't want a lot of people to say to want that. So only one, maybe every year might say, I want that, right? Like, let's do it. And I'm okay with that. So I think some of it's there really creating what's called your sales funnel, which is like, what's the entry level that leads into the mid that leads into this other place. And what does that look like? And what's like the main thing I want to market and advertise? And how do I flow from that other place? Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think that's exactly where I'm stuck. Because I've been feeling like, any like beginning spot is almost like what I'm doing like right now. And so I've been having a hard time figuring out like how yeah. to make like something different from what I'm doing now, I guess. Yeah. More basic thing. I'm teaching it would be almost the same content, but then I'm like, I don't know how that leads somebody up a ladder because every like it would be the same, I guess. That's so that I'm totally struggling right there. Yeah, that would be it. That's where we would dig right. And that would take a little bit of time. And that's something that we can dig in on and work on together. But I would start thinking like pretend the course is where you want the most people to land. And the course with boundaries, the course with some expectations, some rules and parameters around look, here's the deal. I come in the group on this day and time. Like this is what I wanted. So really understand like what are the ways we can make that group give the results, but also do it around your rules, your expectations around how you're going to show up in your time, but that the group will be the main place where people land, right? And then for people who want more personalized, so you revamp the group from the idea of this is not where they get personalized one-on-one. That's not the purpose of this. They'll get feedback. They'll get what, but if they really want that true, like I'm really giving you feedback and I'm going through and giving substantive comments on everything, there's something else. It could be a 90 minute intensive, it could be uh, ongoing, but there's something that's more personal. So that's why I would go to it. So then it's like, well, what helps them be ready for the class? So not what would be a part of the class, but what could that entry level thing be that helps them actually make the most of the class so that when they're in the class, right, they're rocking and rolling in the class. Now, my, my sales funnel is a little different. My class is the beginning of it right? So the most important thing is my entry level offer. And after that, the best place to go for people would be my mastermind group, which is like a sales oriented mastermind. You've got the foundations, you've got all this stuff figured out. Now you're going to go like I told Lisa Nichols, how do you get better at sales? You're just going to go do it, right? Well, that's terrifying for people. So the mastermind is where you can come for that next level of support, et cetera, with sales, right? Then from there, the next step for people would be, okay, cool. But now I'm ready for some real individual private one-on-one to tweak everything that I've learned, right? So it's what one thing helps the next thing helps the next thing and positions it. So that's what I mean by it depends. Your class might be the very first thing, in which case it would be, how can we really set the rules around that compared to what the next two steps would be? The class might be in the middle, which is like, okay, well, what's the thing before it? that really helps people be ready to make the most of the class, not what they'll be learning in the class, but it helps them make the most of the class, right? And then is there anywhere that they go after that? So it would really be finding out that flow. And I think your challenge fits in there somewhere, right? It sounds like the challenge kind of is almost the entry level thing that allows people to get ready and really have the clarity, et cetera, that they need, maybe the equipment that they need, maybe all the stuff that they need in order to be able 
to really maximize the course. So then it might be, what is a free thing that leads to a paid challenge, right? Or something like that. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And that would be on who your audience is, which I know in some of your messaging was like, but I can also do this. And then I can also do this and I can help dads and I can help moms and I can help people that are, and yes, you can help everybody, right? But you can't effectively market and network to everybody. So it would be knowing who is the main category of people that we're building all of this for? And then how can we insert some other stuff? Or can we create can we create two separate tracks with two separate audiences that aren't intermingling? So your branding isn't confused. You know? But that would be the first place I would start is really think, okay, here is here's where I want the course to be. Is it the beginning? Is it the end? Or is it the middle in terms of like what somebody really needs to get from point A to point C? Where does the class fall in? Is it the first thing? Is it the last thing? Is it the middle thing? And if it's the middle thing, what are the things before and after it? If it's the last thing, what are the two steps before it? If it's the first thing, where could people go two steps after that? Does that make sense? Yes. Then we can start saying, okay, so then if you're going to have these things, this is kind of the price point for this. This is the price point for that. Let's wait and give them personalized individual attention here, not here. And that might mean we scale down the price of the non-individualized program because you're scaling up something else, right? With fewer people. So that would be the first place I would start. You just do that kind of dump. And then if you have that dump and you want to show it to me, you can say, here's where it would go. And here's what I think all the different options of what could come before and all the different options of what could come, depending on where it is, we can go from there. So could you theoretically like have a course, like if the course is like my main thing, could I offer like a I don't know what you, the technical name for it would be, but something where somebody can purchase something additional that would give that more personalized yeah. feedback. Absolutely. You can have like, one. Like when yeah. would you put that in, like, would you put that in like your sales funnel? Like after they buy the course, it's like a one-time offer thing, or would it be like. That, depends, that would depend on, we would sit down with your marketing calendar, your launch calendar, your life calendar, how many times are you going to be offering like this, how do you want that thing to happen and what format based on your life, right? But I can tell you that I had a client that has this course that she runs. That's a very popular course, right? People want it all the time. So she has a version where you can just buy the course if you don't want to wait for the two times a year that you can buy the course. And then what she does is like a live Q&A every week bootcamp style. She's not teaching the material. You would watch the, the video, you would read the transcript, you would work through the workbook, and then you come live for like an hour and a half or whatever to interact and really ask questions and get feedback or whatever. But that only happens once or twice a year, right? And the cost of the program is higher. If you pre-bought the program, you can do an add-on or an upsell to add the ability to participate in the live calls whenever that happens, right? So that's a way that you can do that too. It could, or it could be an ongoing, like, hey, here's a course. If you want to have, you know, some a, a, a three one-hour coaching calls over the course of the six weeks, or if you want to have like, a, a portal where I'm going to comment every day or Voxer support or whatever the tools are that you like to use. And you're going to do that as people buy, we could do that. If it's like, whoa, that would overtake my life. If this is going to be bought all the time, then we want to put rules and containers around. Well, when do you want to show up and really give that? Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Does that, did this help? Absolutely. Like okay. thoughts swirling around different things I can try. Okay. Cool. Write it down and try to make a plan. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. And so do that. Like kind of do your dump of the brain stuff from this. Message it to me and then we can look back and we can we can follow up in the message that we started. Okay. 
Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, guys. So Valerie was super brave for like for like coming on and asking this question. Did anything that Valerie asked, like, did it help you? Did it resonate with you? Is this a, if you're watching on replay, I'd love to. This is something we dig into in a big way in the most important thing. So week three of the most important thing is a huge exercise where you do just this. You're going to dump like, here are all the different things that my client needs and wants to get from point A to point Z. Here is my sales funnel. When I say your sales funnel, it's not a lead generation funnel. It's what allows people to flow through all the different stages of working with you with ease, right? So it's not your lead generation funnel. It's what makes one thing easier. A lot of times entrepreneurs have competing offers and that's hurting their sales because people are confused and they don't know what they want to purchase right so as you heard me take valerie through it this is something we do in week three you will walk away knowing here's my not your lead generation flow here's my sales flow this is where i want people to land this makes it easy for people to get there is there anywhere after that what does that look like what are the price points what are the ways things are packaged you will have all of that done by the end of week three of the most important thing program, okay? And you can see just how thinking about it like that, that it's a process, that it's a process of your clients working with you, that it's a process. It can really help you get that clarity. And that's what we can do in the program. And we're going to go into it a lot deeper than what I do with Valerie. And in fact, because Valerie had offered to come on live, like she gets to come into the program for 50% off. So if you guys missed that thread, right, where I said, if, you, if you're selected to go live with me with your question, you can get 50% off the program. Valerie gets to do that. So I'm hoping she'll be in the program. Maybe you'll get to interact with her and talk to her um, more there. I haven't even asked her yet. So, but Valerie, thank you. That's my gift to you for coming online and doing that because that's like a really, um, that's a, we'll say brave. That's a brave thing to do, right? But it really is to put yourself out there and talk about your business um, in that way. So let's get back to some of the sales. So real real quickly, because I got this quote right, in the most important things. So somebody said, that's what we do in week one. Okay, cool. But here's the deal, right? In I mean, in week three. In week one, you're going to dig into your schedule. Are you putting your time towards the activities that make sense for your phase of business? So we identify the phase of business you're in. We figure out what activities you need to be doing and prioritizing for that phase of business. Then we schedule for your life first and we make decisions around your business to support it. So we make decisions around the tasks you're doing, how you might delegate, how you might delegate creatively to a free intern, to an apprentice, et cetera. We help you create that plan. And then it turns into, okay, now I know what I need to be doing. Now I know what needs to be done that I don't have to be doing. I know how I'm living my life first and what I'm doing in my business around my life. Then, right, we can get into like efficiencies. We can get into efficiencies with the most important thing of the things that you're doing. Okay. Um, let's see, we have a comment. Oh, Valerie says, thanks so much, Rita. I'm so glad that you're here. And thank you so much. I'm so, thank you. I love when people like, because I think people can learn a lot by hearing somebody else and hearing somebody else's journey, right? Which is what I, I love. And sometimes people are like, oh, that's it. That's exactly the problem I was struggling with. I just didn't know how to word it, right? So hopefully Valerie being up here really helped you guys out a lot. Um, So that's what we do in week one, right? We get like your life going and then we create like your business around it. We make decisions to, to see that through. Then in week two, you're getting really, really, really clear about your target audience. Who are who is this person? You're the ideal person, not your only client. We've talked about this all week too, but that ideal person you're trying to help because you can market and network 
more effectively and efficiently when you really know. And, and as we've heard, the way you nurture a relationship in that consideration stage is to say, I know you, specifically you. I'm a specialist to you and your situation. I'm not a generalist for all moms or all business owners or all... I am a specialist for you. So we need to figure that out. Then we get to week three, which is what I just coached Valerie through a little bit in terms of now that we know who it is, where are they starting to get people there? That's something else to think about, okay? So my, for example, my client, Katie, who you guys met two weeks ago, Katie's a publicist, okay? And here's something about Katie. Katie, um, said, well, what her clients need, one thing that they need to get their ultimate result, because they're on the news, they're on the media, they need speaking coaching, they need styling, they need wardrobe, but she doesn't do that. But identifying that that was something that they needed allowed her to create like kind of a package add-on for her clients using other professionals, right? So when you're brainstorming that, it doesn't have to just be what you do. It's really what is the full solution, right? Like if you're an animal trainer, yeah, and all you do is come in and train the animal. Is that really only the only thing your client needs in order to realize that full real result? No, right? They probably need a special crate and they need a dog whistle and they need like a little clicker and they need some treats and they need all this stuff. Can we package that up, right? As an additional kind of add on or package, right? So that's something that we do in week three. Then in week four, we really dive into how are you going to build awareness? What is your main number one way of building awareness in your business? What is your main number one way of nurturing the relationships the way we talked? And then in weeks five and six, you're actually implementing that strategy. You're creating the community or you're creating your content um, schedule and your content calendar for you know six months, I think it's for six months, or you're creating like a networking and following up strategy and you're actually doing it and implementing it. Okay, so that's, that's what's going on um, in the program to answer that question. Okay, let's get back to sales, right? Which is like, how do you structure a sales call? Okay, so, whew, all right. I'm not a big believer in scripts for a sales call at all. It's not like here's exactly what what you say, right? Like that's that's not what it's about. But I think that the the problem and why so many people struggle with sales calls is that they have the wrong perspective on a sales call or they're really coming at sales calls from the wrong mindset. And the mindset that people are coming onto sales calls with is I'm trying to convince this person that they want to hire me. And I have to show them that I'm good at what I do. And I need to close the deal, right? So these are the thoughts that people are, um, these are the thoughts that people are coming up with, right? And I'm going to write them down, which is like, I have to prove on the sales call that I'm good, that I'm good at what I do. And I have to get them to say yes to hire me on the sales call. If you're coming at sales calls with those two thoughts, you will struggle. You will struggle on sales calls, okay? Here's the new perspective. I could talk about this for hours and I can't because I'm interviewing somebody for you guys at one o'clock. I've already like over. So, okay, here we go. Here is something that you need to change your perspective around the sales calls. You're not trying to prove you're good at what you do. The reason somebody is having a sales conversation with you is they already know that you're good at what you do, right? This is when you really think about that customer journey. For example, maybe I'm speaking somewhere and that's how somebody becomes aware of me. And then um, they join my Facebook group and they see me doing things like this, ask me anything, or they see posts or they, and they're like, yes, I want to talk to Rita. 
they've already seen enough to know I'm good at what I do. So I want your new thought to be the reason someone has scheduled a sales call with me is they already know I'm good at what I do. I don't have to use the sales call to prove that. And I call that tap dancing, right? Like a lot of people are tap dancing. Like, let me tap dance and prove my value and worth and show you I'm good at what I do. We're, I, in fact, I have my clients write a sign that says, stop tap dancing. Stop it. Stop the tap dance. We're not tap dancing anymore, right? So if you really come at the call from, they already know that I'm good at what I do. They already know I'm an expert. They already know. That's not why they're on the phone with me. They, they, booked the call because somebody told them I'm an expert and they believed that person, right? They they trust that person or they saw me speak or they saw a post or they read my newsletter and they already know that I'm good at what I do. What somebody is getting on a sales call with you for is to determine if you're a good fit for them, meaning they have certain goals or results they want to achieve. Do you help them with those things. Is that something you do in your business, right? Somebody can know you and like you and trust you and you're still not the right fit because maybe you don't help people do that, right? So they're getting on the phone to say, are we a good fit in terms of I have certain goals or results I want? Is that something you help people achieve, right? Do you do you help people with that? Also, do I like you? Like, do our personalities click? Do I feel like it'll be easy for us to work together? Whether that's developing a product and delivering it or developing a service and delivering it. It's like, do I feel like it'll be good to work together, right? So if you look at a sales call as we're just seeing if we're a good fit, I'm just making sure that what they want to achieve is what I help people achieve, that their mindset, their values, their views are going to make them easy to work with. And likewise, that I, they feel like I will be good to work with, right? And that's that. So that's one perspective. We are no longer using the sales call to prove that you're good at what you do. The new thought is they already know I'm good at what I do. That's why they're on the sales call with me, right? The next is what if you thought about the sales call being just the beginning instead of the end? A lot of people look at a sales call as, well, this is the end. If they say no, chapter closed, book over, book done, (laughs) book done. (laughs) Like, this is it. This is over. It's done, right? No, like, that's not it at all. Okay. What if instead, right? What if instead you look at this conversation as if it was the beginning, as if this is just the beginning of the nurturing and the relationship, right? Then you treat the conversation with much different energy. Do you see what I'm saying? Is this helpful? Are you guys like that? So these are the two new perspectives that will make structuring your sales calls different. You're not trying to coach or give advice or solve problems or perform your service on a sales call. The reason people do that is they're trying to prove that they're good at what they do. Like, let me show you that I understand how to figure out your, let me help you narrow your target market on this call. Let me help you figure out your pricing or your packaging on this sales call. No, right? We're no longer using sales calls to prove that we're good at what we do. People already know you're good at what you do. That's why they booked a sales call with you. So you can take all of that off the table. You don't have to use a sales call for that. Instead, you're finding out about them. What are your goals and objectives for the next six to 12 months, right? Like, tell me, like, whatever you, if your health was working like a dream, what would that look like? If your business was operating like a dream, what would that work look like? If your relationship was like operating like a dream, what would that look like? Cool. So then what are your goals for the next six to 12 months? Tell me about those. What do you want to achieve? How will things change for you? If you, how do you? 
you're, you want to achieve these goals, but why? What will be different in your life if you achieve these goals? What would be different if you achieve these goals, right? What has kept you from achieving these? What are things, what do you think you need to achieve them? Because what you're trying to vet is, are these the kinds of goals I help people achieve? Are these the kind of problems I help people overcome? Like, do I give the kind of support that they really want and need? Like, will they be okay with like the, the information and the way that I do it? Are they going to fight it? Are they, you're just seeing, are we a good fit? And then you're changing your perspective to the sales call is just the beginning. A no for now or a no thank you at this moment or whatever, that's not the end. That's just the beginning. So if you look at the sales call as the beginning of the relationship and not the end of the relationship, it changes everything. So I hope that change that I hope that helps, right? All right. <laughs> this is a big one. And I got asked this a lot. I got asked this question a lot in the thread in my group, which is how do you handle objections from potential clients, right? How do you handle the money objection? How do you handle the sales objection? If you just start looking at these as conversations and not object, objections, I think that it, again, it's a perspective shift, right? It's understanding that person. People are always going to be hesitant to spend and invest money in something, but the reason why could be different. The level of hesitation could be different. People are always going to be worried about time and that time is at a premium and that they don't have enough time for something. But the answer is why. So when somebody's like, I want to do this. I think I want to work with you, but this is too much money or, but this is a lot of people just say, okay. And they end the conversation, right? Cause they feel bad. They feel like they're being salesy. I hate that term salesy or pushy, right? If they like try to talk around that, but here's the thing. The person has said, I want this. I want this car. I want to work with you. Right? So I say, cool. Lynn, let's talk about, you know, the bigger picture. So when somebody says, Rita, I want to work with you, but your coaching is a little too much money for me right now. Then I, I straight out ask a question because when people say no to something, whether it's for time or money, it's usually one of two reasons. Okay. Usually it's that they don't actually believe that the thing will give them the results that they want. Okay. So most often it's, it's one of these things. I don't actually really believe that Rita's coaching is going to help me reach my business goals. Or I don't really believe that like this diet is going to help me reach my health goals. Or I don't really believe that this course is going to teach me how to take great photography, right? That's usually a reason, but they're scared to say that, or they don't even realize that, right? Or they do believe that the thing will help them. They don't believe that they're actually going to execute on it. Okay. So it's like, I do believe Rita that you're, 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 course, the most important thing will give me everything I need to reach my goals in my business. I don't trust myself to actually do it. I don't trust myself to actually take the actions. I don't. So when most people go, well, Rita, I just don't have the money for them for we're going to use my program because that's what I'm marketing right now. Right? The most important thing. I just don't have money for the most important thing right now. I go, well, let me ask you two questions. Is it that you don't believe that the most important thing will actually help you reach your goals? In which case, you're never going to feel comfortable about any price point, a dollar or $10 or $100 or $1,000 paying for that, right? So if you don't believe that this will actually help you reach your goals, I might have to do a better job of showing you how I really believe it will. Or maybe we need to really determine, will it really? Is this really the right fit for you, right? It might not be. I've told a couple of people who have hopped on the phone with me, I don't think this is the right fit to help you reach your goals, right? For the goals you have. So you need to make sure of that. Like, 
Is it that they just don't believe that what you're doing, the product or service, is actually going to help them achieve the results or the goals or overcome the problems that they want, right? If they say, no, I really believe it, which most people do. No, Rita, I really believe that this is going to help me. I believe you're going to help me. Then I say, okay, so are you worried that you're not going to show up for it? Are you worried you're not going to do the things that you need to do? That you're not, are you not betting on yourself to win? Most of the time it's there. Most of the time people are like, you know what? Yeah, I've signed up for courses before and I haven't done them. And it's just been a waste of money. Or I've signed up for what? So then I can have a real conversation around that. What can we do? What plan can we put in place? What thing can we do? Right. So if you look at like the underlying reasons of why people say certain things, right? And then sometimes it's just, I don't have the money. Like they legit don't have the money. Cool. It's not my job to help you come up with the money, right? One of my favorite phrases is other people's money situation is none of my business, right? Meaning I will never price something based on other people's money. Like a lot of people are like, oh, I don't know. I don't think people can afford that. So I'm only going to charge X. Other people and what they can or can't afford, that's not how I make my business decisions. I make my business decisions based off what's in the best interest of my business, not based off of other people's money situations. So if you're an artist, if you're a whatever, I've seen that with artists. Well, I can't price this painting at this price because, you know, like, um, because no one will pay for that. You're making a business decision based off of other people's money situation. You need to make a business decision based off of what's in the best interest of your business. Then we need to connect with people in the way that shows them the value, meaning this will help them achieve a goal. This will help them have a result that they want and that they can easily implement, use the product, use the service. Okay. So those are the two things. Guys, I saw this the other day. My girl Rachel posted this. Tiffany sells a gold bookmark, a gold bookmark for $1,800. It's about this big. It looks like a paperclip. It is a gold bookmark for like $1,800. And they sell a, oh, I took a photo. My phone is dead. I took a photo on my phone and I can't see it. Um, But they, I mean, like it's dead, dead. I'm waiting for my new iPhone to come. But they sell a gold paperclip for $1,800 and like a silver one for like $1,300. Guys, there are people out there that will buy like a bookmark paperclip for $1,800, right? Yet I know artists that won't paint, that won't price their painting for more than 45, right? Or I know people that won't pay, like, like price their services for more than that. Guys, it's not about, and so this was another question, right? That I got, which is, um, which is, uh, where is it? How do you get higher paying clients? How do you get higher paying clients? It's not about finding people with more money. It's not about finding a different, there isn't like this category of people that are just like, we're people willing to pay a higher price for things just because we were born with the gene or we'll pay a higher price for things. Like that's not a market. Higher paying clients is not a market. So don't go looking for it. Go to look for a target market. People are willing, however, to invest more money in something when they can see the value. And again, that value is, this solves an immediate, urgent, in-my-face problem, or it gives me an immediate, urgent result that I'm looking for in my life, and I can use it. I will be able to use this product or use this service or have this thing happen. That's what you need to be showcasing to people. Often if people will not pay you, it's because you haven't done a great job showing them the value. You haven't really connected them to how what you do solves an urgent problem in their life. You might not even be talking about it like that. So we might have to frame 
differently what you're highlighting and talking about, right? And we do this in the most important thing program. This is part of week three, right? What is the urgent in their face problem that they need solved? Not something that's 14 steps away that feels nice, but like isn't an urgent problem for them, right? So stop looking for the market of higher paying clients. There's nobody that's born with a gene that will let them pay more money, right? Stop it, right? Instead, we're looking for the people who have the problem that we solve, the problems that we solve. And we're saying, how can I get to know them deeper, better, so I can be a specialist to them so that I'm able to show them and they can see clearly, this solves my problem. This gives me the result, the problem I have right now, the result that I want right now, I see it. And I trust that it's going to be easy to utilize, easy to deal with, easy to whatever, easy for me to do. Okay, does this help? All right, cool. So hopefully that helps. Then someone says, what makes the difference between a profitable and a struggling business? Okay, this could be a million different things, but it's usually mindset, a decision, and consistency. Okay, it's usually a mindset, a decision, and consistency. So you need to have the mindset that your business will be profitable and work. You have to go in with full belief that it will work. If you have any doubts that it will work, you will always find the evidence to prove yourself right. We find the evidence to prove ourselves right time and time again, right? If you go onto a date and you think, oh, this date's going to be a waste of time, you will find the evidence to prove that to be true, right? So it's the belief right, that people have going into their business or going into their thing. That's number one. It's the decision. I'm going to work it till it works. I'm going to make this work. This is, People don't make a decision. So then what happens is if they don't really believe something's going to work, they're looking for evidence to prove that true. And when they see the evidence, they stop taking action. This is where strategies fail all the time. Okay. So people will be like, okay, I think I'm going to do a Facebook live every day for 90 days. And this is going to help me with my get the clients I want in my business. Cool. Right. But what will happen is they'll go live every day for like two or three days. And they'll be like, nobody's logging on. Nobody's commenting. Nobody's interacting. Nobody's sharing. So now they're looking for the evidence that it's not working because they don't actually believe it would work. If they believed it would work no matter what, they wouldn't care that they're not seeing any evidence. They don't need the evidence to prove it'll work because they believe it will no matter what. Right. So if you don't have that belief that it'll work no matter what, there's something about, oh, I don't know that Facebook lives will work. If I go live every day for 90 days, maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't work. Well, happen is you're always going to look for the evidence of whether it's working or not. So when you don't see the evidence, that's where you're going to go. Oh, you know what? Nobody's logging on. Nobody's commenting. Nobody's sharing. I don't think this is working. I'm going to stop. <laughs> and then it's like, I'm going to do this other thing. Right? I'm going to go hop over to this other strategy and do this other thing. Right. So hopefully that answers that question very quickly. It's the mindset. It's the decision. And it's the consistency. They work together. OK, those are the three main things. Um, some of this, how do you transition to an ask on a sales call? So, again, we talked a little bit about the different perspective around the sales call, that all a sales call is, is a call to see if we're a good fit. Do your goals like and results that you want match what I help people do? Do our values align? Do we like working with each other? Like, is this a good fit, right? What support are you wanting and needing? Is that the kind of support I give, right? 
Well, when you ask those questions, it's very easy to transition. So if I was like, I don't know who asked this question, I'm going to call you Susan. So if I'm like, okay, Susan, tell me like, what are your goals? And you're like, I'd really like to have some paid clients by the end of six weeks. And I'm like, okay, like, um, obviously it's a much deeper conversation than this. And it's like, what do you think has kept you from that? Well, I keep trying stuff, but I stop. I don't know that I'm doing the right thing or talking to the right people. Um, I don't really even know what to sell or when to sell it. Um, so I'm not really sure of who I'm selling to. I just kind of go out and just sell to anybody. It seems a little chaotic and my days are taking up all my time, right? And I'll say, okay, so what do you think the solution to that is? And they might go, well, I think if I could get clarity about who my client is and what they really want, if I could package it and price it in a way that appeals to them, and if I knew where to find them, and if I could really understand how to build a relationship with them, that will help them. And then I'm like, okay, so what kind of support? Like, let's pretend I can give that to you because I can. Let's pretend I can give you all that. What support do you need to actually like keep doing this, right? Well, accountability, information, uh, motivation, like I need to talk to somebody every week, I need to whatever, right? That's the perfect transition for cool. But let me tell you, after hearing you talk about your goals, and what you want to achieve in your business, that's exactly what I help people do. I help people get clarity around. In fact, that's what the most important thing does, guys, right? Here's what the most important thing does. It helps you get clear about who your ideal client is, who your clients are, who your market is, and what those urgent problems are and urgent results that they're wanting so that we can really understand what it is that they will seek out, what products, what solutions are they seeking out? How do we talk about them in a way that shows them this is the solution that they've been looking for? How do we package it? How do we price it to meet your, your business goals, right? How do we do that so you're living the life you want to live? How do we have days that do that? That's exactly what I do. So yes, after hearing you talk, I know I'm a good fit to help you do that, right? Then hearing the kind of support you want, where you want the ability to interact live with somebody, where you want a community of people cheering you on, where the most important thing is the right program for you. You have that community of people sharing their story, sharing their challenges, sharing how they've implemented the information. You have live interaction with me every week, live coaching with me every week. I'll answer any question about your business, right? Like blah, blah, blah. I'm just backing up that I heard you. What did I say the other day? People want to be seen, heard, and understood. So on a sales call, what you're saying is I see you, I hear you, I understand you. I know what your problem is. I know what the support is. I know what you're trying to achieve. That's exactly what I do for people. And I then I if it's true, I confirm it. Like, yes, this is what I do. This is what the most important thing will do. The support you're looking for, this is what it'll give you and more, what you don't even know you need, it's gonna give you, right? Like, so what do you say? Like after, and then one thing I always say, and only if it's true, is after talking with you and hearing what you want to achieve, I'm 100% certain that I can help you achieve that, right? But even more important is that you're a good fit to work with. And I feel like I would be a good, like you would be a great fit client for me. I would really enjoy working with you. The question is, am I a good fit for you? I would love to work with you, Susan. So what do you say? Would you like to work with me as your coach? Would you like to sign up for the most important thing? You're just asking, like you called to say, like, here are your, your challenges and problems. I'm telling you, yes, I can solve these challenges and problems. You, you're telling me the kind of information and support you're hoping for. I'm betting whether that's the right information or support. If I give that and if that's something I do, are we a good fit? Would I like to work with you? I would love to work with you. The question is, would you like to work with me? I would love to have you. And the most important thing, the question is, would you like to? And then let them answer, right? 
that's it. Hopefully that helps, right? Um, okay. Uh, we've got three more questions. I'm going to try to get through these quickly because I have to come back at one o'clock to interview uh, Lisa, who is a brand strategist, like a personal brand uh, strategist and a career strategist who's going to be talking about so many good things today at one o'clock. So I'm going to take a little break. But um, how did you get clients before you had a Facebook group? Networking, building authentic relationships, speaking, right? Um, speaking, vendor tables, exhibitor tables, and networking. Speaker, that's it. Speaking, <laughs> vendor tables, and networking. That, that's what I did. Um, how do you monetize your Facebook community? So I get a lot of clients from my Facebook community. In fact, right now, that's the number one way that I get clients, right? Is from my Facebook community. But it's because I follow the customer journey. So I know the role that my Facebook group plays in the customer journey. The Facebook group is not how people become aware of me. The Facebook group is for nurturing a relationship. So what are we doing during that like consideration phase? People have to know me. They have to learn about me. They have to see if they like me. Do they trust me? Do they think I'm credible? Do they think I'm an expert? So in my Facebook group, I'm constantly putting the information they need to evaluate that. Free trainings, free challenges, free masterclasses, contests, giveaways, videos about me, behind the scenes, peaks of my life, testimonials, case studies, things like this, my live stream series and interviews. Ask me anything so you can see live coaching, so you can see me coach someone, right? This is what I'm doing all the time in my group so that people will know me, like me, trust me, hopefully, right? See that I'm a credible expert. I'm sharing that I understand them their specific pain points, their specific challenges, the results that they want. And then I'm presenting solutions. Guys, if you struggle with this, I have this. If you, This is something that could help. If you want to, like the most important thing, let's go back to that real quick, right? The most important thing. If you want to get consistent clients, if you want to make more money, if you want to have more fun and actually live your life a little more while you're getting more consistent clients and making more money, then that's what the most important thing does. It helps you get more by doing less because it really is by saying no to everything and saying yes to only a few things and going deep on those few things that you get deep results. If you're doing a lot and you're just kind of scattered, you're only going to get scattered really shallow results, right? So if you're like, I just want consistent clients. I want to generate consistent revenue. I would like to make more money than I'm making right now. I would like my day to not feel overwhelmed and like chaotic. And I would like it to feel good and fun. Cool. This is the right program for you. Go check it out. Registration closes tomorrow. <laughs> Registration closes tomorrow. So if you've been thinking if this is a program for you, message me. Let me know. Okay. Um, and then the last question was this. Why? What does every no brings you closer to a yes? Right. This is a mix of so many different things. I'll put it in the date coaching world. In the date coaching world, when people go, Rita, I went on a date and I really liked this guy, but I never heard from him again. <laughs> like he ghosted me. I, or he said he didn't want to go back out on a second date, that he just doesn't want to see me again or whatever. And I'm sad and I'm, I'm like, celebrate it. Instead, do a one minute dance part. You can be sad, but you can also be grateful. Like, I think sometimes people feel like gratitude means you have to feel good and feel happy. Positive thinking doesn't mean you're not going to have negative emotion. Like you can be sad, you can be angry, you can be whatever, but you can still be in gratitude, right? You can still be like, positive thinking world, even if you're sad, even if you're angry, even if you're so 
you can be sad that the guy you liked didn't ask you out or didn't want to ask you out on a second date, right? You can feel sad, but you can also be grateful. Say, thank you, God. For me, it's God. For you, it might be the universe, a higher power, whatever. Thank you, God, for eliminating the wrong person from my life, for eliminating that person quickly and clearly with like zero ambiguity so that I have the space and the energy to find the right guy. Because if that guy had kind of strung you along or led you on and made you think maybe he liked you, but he really did your energy would have been over there. The space would have been filled up and you won't find the right person, right? So it's the same thing here, right? If somebody's like, no, Rita, you are not the right fit for me and I do not want to work with you. I'm so excited about that. Like I do a one minute dance party because if someone said, I don't know, maybe, <laughs> maybe let me talk about like that's time and energy and focus that is being taken up and I might miss the wrong clients, right? But instead when somebody's like, Nope, you're not the right fit for me. This program's not the right fit for me. Like it's not gonna help me reach my goals. I'm really clear on that. I can be sad, but I can also celebrate and say thank you for eliminating the wrong person quickly and clearly with zero ambiguity. So I have the energy to go find the right person. So it is a little bit of the law of numbers, right? That if you talk to enough people, eventually someone's gonna say yes. That every time you're practicing on a sales call with the new mindset we talked about earlier, right? That that's practice and that's helping you get better and better and better and better, which will bring you to the, the more like ideal fit that will allow you to communicate the value better, right? So every no is leading you in different ways to a yes. Okay. So hopefully that helps. Guys, I hope that this helped you. I Did you enjoy this? I'd love to know in the comments. I do this every quarter. Is this something you want me to do more of? You want me to do less of it? Like, let me know. Was this helpful? Valerie, thank you again for being here, being here live. I really appreciate you. Thank you for asking your question. Everybody who submitted a question, thank you. Thank you so much. I hope that this really helped you. Let me know. And if you are thinking about the most important thing, registration closes tomorrow. It closes tomorrow, guys. It closes tomorrow. There are 21, I think 21 women who are signed up to be in this program. They are incredible. They're excited. You've heard from people all week long. You're about to hear from another one at one o'clock, an alum from the program. But every single alumni has come on and said that the program delivered on what it was intending to do. It helped every single person you've talked to so far get more clients, make more money, and have more time for a life they want. And more importantly, the content itself is delivered in a way that doesn't take up your day. So if you have a day, you love a schedule, you love a life, you love, this isn't going to impede on that. You will easily be able to consume because consumption is about this much and take action, which is about this much. So you will realize like immediate results right away. And you're going to do it with me and my support, a fun community. It's really a great program. Check it out. I'm going to put the comment, uh, the link in the comments. If you have any questions about it, get on the phone and let me know. Annie says, Thank you. So Annie says, yes, thoroughly enjoyed it. Very helpful for me. Annie, I'd love to have you in the most important thing. If that's something that you're thinking about, message me, let me know. I might message you. I might see if it's the right fit for you. Because um, I, I really, I'm so excited by this community. <laughs> so excited by this community. So guys, anyway, I will be back at one o'clock with Lisa Woodruff, who is a career strategist and a personal branding expert. And we're going to be talking about doing that in your career and in your business. And we're also going to talk about how the most important thing helped her open the doors to her business, get her first client within six weeks, helped her like build a huge awareness in her business and allowed her to feel very confident and secure about leaving corporate America. Okay. So meet me back here at one and I'll talk to y'all soon. Take care. Bye everybody. Hey, before you go, thank you for listening to my show. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. 
Please take a minute to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get your podcasts and leave a review. It'll only take you a second, but it will help other people discover the Read and Mimi Do It show. And my goal is to share this business boosting and life changing content with as many people as possible. In fact, because I value your time so much, every month one reviewer will win a free coaching call with me. So if you want to get laser focused and go all in on the results that you most want in your business, then leave a review now. And then head on over to readamamedoit.com where you can find the show notes from today's episode.